you know, I just I remember when when I was when I was wee, um, going to the cinema and you see all these names come up and you just think, wow, who are these people that have this job? And you know, it's it is it's like a buzz when you see your name in that at the end. Ever wondered what the creative process is behind the films, TV shows and theatre productions you watch? Well, Crew Chats is a new podcast going behind the scenes and chatting to the crew that help make these productions. I'm Poonam and I usually work in the costume department. Whenever I tell people what I do, they're always fascinated. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool to hear more from the wonderful people who work behind the scenes to make the films and shows we all love? Today's guest is Fiona Barty. She studied animation and electronic media in Dundee. Fiona started her career working on the puppets for various stop-motion animation films, including Corpse Bride and Fantastic Mr Fox. Currently, Fiona works as a costume props and jewellery maker, making a wide variety of things, from muscle suits for superheroes and fantasy headdresses to sculpting work and jewellery for various films, including Captain America, Pan and Aladdin. Hi, Fiona. Hi. Fiona. <laughs> Hi. Um, so... So you studied animation electronic media and then when you started working you started working in the um, sort of puppetry creatures animation world what did that involve because if I say animation people just sort of think of cartoons or things like that so what does that actually involve when you were working uh, well it is cartoons basically but it's it was the stop motion side of animation which is when you have puppets and real sets that are all miniature and an animator painstakingly moves it a little bit, then another little bit, then another little bit, for hours and days and weeks, sometimes years, and finally you get a little moving sequence. It's pretty. It is very um, time-consuming, and also the scale and stuff. How have you? How did you find working at the small scale? Well, I I was all right because I'm a bit obsessed with doing teeny little things, as you probably know. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Because I probably because I started out doing tiny little things, uh, that's just what was normal to me. So, you know, you had to spend a long time on things that were tiny and had to be like the process of animation. You know, you'd you'd make this tiny little thing, but then if it's going to be a feature film, it's going to obviously be enlarged to such a massive scale. So everything you did, even if it was the size of a golf ball, was going to look huge in the end on screen on a close-up shot. So. You kind of had to had to spend the time and make everything as try to get it as perfect as possible and yeah and that, so that you kind of you just we just started off working like that and then later on had to switch to to bigger things but that was so that was the challenge later on but you know that's fine so which we will get to because <laughs> um, I that you go on to a lot bigger things afterwards in terms of um yeah <laughs> of like fabrication and stuff as well but um. In terms of the smaller scale things you're working mm-hmm. on, so you said you were ma- like obviously you're making the little puppets and stuff. How does that work? How do you begin? Well, it's just similar to to live action stuff. You you know they'll give you a design and you know if it's puppets puppets that are obviously for a big budget thing, there's a whole group of you working. So you know a whole department, say McKinnon and Saunders, would be working on different parts. You'll have like a head mechanics department, an armature department, a costume department a silicon and foam department, a painting department. So you'll you have like a massive amount of people are working on one tiny little puppet that's the size of a Barbie doll. Wow. So, so yeah, you just, so you'll all work on, you'll have your design, but you're all working on your, your own little bit. Yeah, I mostly would work on costumes. So you'll get given, just like in live action, you'll have the, the actor's measurements, you'll have a, a little cast of the puppet and you've got to pattern that doll up basically. And then, 
puppet I should say not doll uh, <laughs> and yeah you know you just just come up with little patterns to make them up and see see if they're happy and then you would have instead of uh, <clears throat> in live action you'll have a breakdown department they do all the dye-in in animation you would you would have to do all your dye-in so all your tests and your, yourself with the, the dye tests and, and with the fabrics and have a play yeah and, until, until you get something that they're happy with and make it up and then different other departments that you'll have an armature department that is the metal skeleton basically that's inside yes that's all silver solder and you have bone socket joints and wire fingers and things and then you have like head mechanic department which is amazing which they can have like little paddles that to move like lips or cheeks to give puppets expressions because they'll have a silicon skin and then you have hair department so they'll like punch tiny tiny, tiny hair or make tiny little wigs um that all get stuck onto the head and then it all obviously in the end it all has to be like painted and broken down and you know given a bit of shading and stuff so so yeah there's a lot there's a lot that can go into a puppet or you can have you know like adverts and things where it's just a low budget and you've just got to make the whole puppet from scratch yourself with a no money <laughs> it's a it's a very intense process though for something that then may only be like you say a feature film so it's not I'm saying only but if it's like two and a half hours but there's it's taken you a couple of years to make and it's quite an intense and it's like, it's like a big project really at the end well, of it, well it? yeah like uh, when it comes to feature films that, and there's not just like one puppet of everything there's there's like 14 of the main character and then there's a load of background wow. puppets and yeah because because you'll have You'll have like 25 sets, all all with different scenes from the film going on, and and you know they'll they like maybe 10 of them have got the main character that an animator is working on. So so you need at least 10 of those puppets. Then you need to have spares if one of those puppets breaks. So you have to have spares in the background, or you'll have other puppets that um have been made specifically for like a trick shot or something. So they've been adapted with rigging points to to like make them fly or you know some something that you wouldn't use the usual one or they're in a different costume something you know something like that that you have that all all in the background as well so you have a a big um like puppet vault see and a puppet hospital that's what we used to get puppet called hospital. Have, to, have to fix them yeah fix them and change their costumes and yeah just kind of keep them keep them alive and got mangled by animators <laughs> because um, it's something you don't actually appreciate say if you're watching a film where it is um, stop motion you don't appreciate the the amount of time and effort that's gone into making that and uh, I think it again this I guess is the idea of this podcast and speaking to someone like you where you can learn a bit more about it and I think mm-hmm. again it's it goes unnoticed but it goes unnoticed because that's how I guess if you noticed it the things that were yeah. wrong as it were yeah <laughs> exactly it's a good thing if it goes unnoticed because otherwise there'd be a bit of a problem but it's, it is amazing what goes into um every single little tiny little frame that is filmed whether yeah. even if it's I mean it's it's, it's it's a beautiful process and it's you know the, some of the things that I've, I've seen like made and such tiny scale it's so it's, it's lovely and yeah it's just so so impressive that you can create and create something on a small scale and this is I mean I started in the in the days when they didn't use as much um computer modeling it was all like tiny little hand sculpts and tiny little costumes made by hand and cut by hand and you know painted by hand and whereas nowadays there's more and more obviously they're using like CAD models 
stuff and things 3d printing of course but um you know which, which is which is great as well but it's, it's just nice when we see small things that have been done by humans <laughs> it's, it is it's nice to have yeah it's true and also we get to use our hands and work in this you mm-hmm. get that sort of there's a different sort of finish and texture that comes with things when they're made by mm-hmm. human hands um i was going to ask you actually about 3d printing how do you think that has sort of i think when it first started i feel like there was probably a lot of chat about how it would change the it has changed the costume game but do you think mm-hmm. I think people would say it would have drastically changed things but do you think it has or it's um, working nicely side by side I think yeah I think it you know it, I totally think it has its place because it's brilliant um I think it's really great when you have for like the sci-fi films and the um all the superhero films because all those big rubber costumes where you know you want th- things symmetrical and neat and really crisp it's like perfect for that like that works really well but then when it comes to like films that are medieval obviously you don't I don't think I mean you can use it yeah it's great but you know things just look have a bit more life don't they if they're done by hand but that's maybe me being biased I agree agree with you though I think it probably has an originality to it when it's made by hand as well I mean it's great because like the like I was saying this little job I'm doing at the moment I've had to use 3D printing and CAD modelling and you know it's great because sometimes there is times when that you want those crisp that crispness and those neat corners that us humans just obviously can try but can't always achieve (laughs) (laughs) we're not robots (laughs) but but, um yeah so you know I totally think it's got got a place I think it's just it's just another tool isn't it it's another tool and it's working out when is the best time to use that tool or use another tool because with anything when it comes to models um or props or jewelry you know there's umpteen ways of making the same thing and different people have different preferences for what way to work so it's it's just another some person might prefer to model up in the computer and have it printed out some person some people rather uh, might want to to sculpt it and cast it by hand yeah, that's true. Everyone has their own way of doing things. Um, you mentioned being um, part of the costume props and also jewelry team. How have you? What actually? I should initially ask by what does that job involve in itself? What so does it involve? Anything. <laughs> <laughs> anything, and everything, that. anything and everything that's not uh, a fabric costume, basically. I think it's <laughs> what you have to you have to be able to do. <laughs> I think yeah I mean sometimes yeah you go in specifically like we've done to just do jewellery but you know some some jobs you're doing leather work some jobs you have to do sculpting some jobs you're painting some sometimes you're just gluing lots of rubber things together so uh hats you know headdresses whatever macrame there's a variety of things isn't it you've got to be willing to learn new things and yeah work out what the best way to achieve what what the design involves um how have you so in the in terms of the costume props and maybe more the jewelry world um when you get given say a design or a verbal sort of idea from a designer how Mm -hmm. do you start um that creative process like how do you start making something what kind of happens in your brain like like i said there's always different ways of doing something so it's just working out which way of creating the design is going to work in the time that you've got basically is the most yes important time thing. is usually Some, of the essence. yeah sometimes you know if you're in early it's great and the designer's giving you a lot of um reference and has a kind of a vague design which 
you've got the time to experiment and just kind of try try different things and get feedback from the designer until they see what they want and get get you're going in the right direction you know that that's lovely when you have that luxury uh other times it's you just get given a, a piece of artwork that is pretty much that's what they want so you've got to try and make that thing as near as possible to that design so so yeah it's whether it's sculpting it or making up out of metal or whatever fabric you're going to use you mentioned sculpting now some people listening may know but fiona's a really good sculptor I would say really good. she's an amazing sculptor um it's something you do you it is pretty amazing watching you have watched you a few times do because i've been sitting next to you not because i'm like stalking or anything but i've been sitting next to you whilst you've been sculpting or something across the table but it is like i from watching you do that so um i guess also we should probably exp- you could probably explain what sculpting is actually before i go on about it but if you can a little bit well it's just using a medium be it clay or wax or uh, foam or plastic whatever to um form the subject that you're trying to do the, the shape that you're trying to make you know sometimes it's a simple block sometimes it's a sculpted clay piece you're really good at the intricate um stuff so i was going to say when i'm when i'm watching you again sound like a bit stalkerish <laughs> but <laughs> you look you you look like you're in a different world like and you look like you're really so it's like something you're really frowning enjoying probably. no no <laughs> I was say you're really enjoying it you can tell like you're yeah, in your, that, in your zone as it were <laughs> <laughs> I like I really like the wax carving that's that's always quite therapeutic <laughs> it looks therapeutic because then with these um castings because a lot of them obviously then become hard objects they get sent off to the casters usually don't mm-hmm. they so yeah. if explain briefly how that works yeah, so if if we have like a sculptural piece of jewellery um, or a buckle or something, so I would like sculpt it up in clay, mould it in silicon and um, make a fast cast, re- which is like a resin. So make a version of it, a solid version of it in, in this plastic resin. Clean that up, hollow out the back if I need so it's like thinned off and then I could send that off to a metal casting company who will then mould it again and mix, make waxes, which they then use to do investment casting to create a metal version of the, the piece that we've, we've modelled up. And then you can get as many, hopefully, metal castings of that as you want. And, and then we get the metal, be it brass, silver or gold. Well, we don't use gold in film, mm-hmm. let's face it. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, we'll get that back and we can do whatever we want we can polish it up we can plate it a different a different metal if you want so we can plate it silver or gold um we can kind of put enamel finishes on it we can solder other bits onto it because sometimes you have to you have to make a piece in different component parts and then solder it back together because we can't cast it all out as one piece so um so yeah you can bring it all together and polish it up and make it look lovely and shiny and then you have ta-da, some magical thing that an actor can wear hopefully <laughs> When you're seeing a ring or a piece of jewellery on screen, you probably wouldn't think there's those processes that has gone on behind that ring ending up on that person's finger. So it's good to know because next time someone might be watching something and then they'll be like, oh, I know how that worked. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Or they might not, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, How have you found the um, 
so you've gone from working on quite a small scale to then working mm-hmm. on bigger scales so you said you mentioned like muscle suits and also just in the props and jewelry department you work on much bigger scale pieces how have you found going from that to then obviously it's been a gradual thing you still have your hand in both pots as it were but um how have you found that and which bits do you enjoy and what do you what skills have you sort of transferred and used for both bits I guess uh, I mean I'd say it was gradual but it wasn't the thing because I started off doing animation uh, I mean the, you know you'll work on an animation film for a long time and then it finishes and there might be no work so that's why I had to then try and break into like the live action worlds and when I started working <laughs> long time ago <laughs> um there wasn't as it didn't seem like there was as much film work going on maybe then I think it was a, a bit quieter and everyone like everyone I know that kind of worked around about then started out then we would all work at special effects houses um doing like advert work and tv work and music videos and stuff like that and when you when you go to these places these companies you, you think you've given them your CV um, that says, oh, yes, I, I you know, I, I've done lots of animation. And, they, and you've seen that this company make little animated adverts and you think, oh, they'll chuck me on that job that they'll have with an animated advert. No, they'll chuck you on making a big, massive foam brain costume that you've never done before. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, I mean, this is how, you know, it wasn't quite as gradual because... You got thrown in. <laughs> yeah, you just get, you just get chucked in. You would just get chucked in the most random thing that you're just like have you looked at my cv i've never done this before <laughs> but um i mean the good i mean i think it was a, it's a great way to learn and you know and i think it's a shame that at the moment it has been so busy in film that a lot of newcomers haven't had that experience because you know you did have to learn quickly and learn a totally new skill like on that job and the other good thing was there was always quite a lot of other totally different jobs going on at these at these companies that if you didn't really know what you're doing, there was someone else you'd, you could kind of go and ask for a bit of advice or, you know, have, have a, bit of, a bit of help usually because you, you wouldn't tend to be doing something on your own. There'd be a few of you trying to work yeah. out what the heck to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was good. And then you would get a job that was going back to like little small things. And then, you know, so, so it kind of developed over the years and became more comfortable. Well, just it's not becoming more comfortable because obviously... I, you know I could make bigger things I just had to loosen up a bit more and not late because the thing with, with animation you had to you had to try and make things as perfect as possible and it was, it was learning to not labor over something to make it as perfect as that because for live action things it didn't didn't need to be like that you know and yeah. you know it was just to kind of try to give yourself a kick up the bum to, to just remember that yeah it's not it's not going to be blown up a thousand times the size or whatever <laughs> so, yeah, but then that you know it's worked fine and then it's come full circle because in having worked in different departments over the years you know I, w- I wasn't aware so, so there was a specific costume prop type department and there isn't always on a film is there no. reason yeah. for it but but you know I remember I think it was on Thor there was a little jewellery department which had a few people just like making beautiful viking type jewellery and I just remember looking and going I want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to glue the foam stuff. I want to do that. <laughs> and then, and it, you know, and luckily it came round that I did start doing that, and it just seemed it just worked for me because it did bring me back to doing the little intricate things again, which I really enjoy doing. But then, you know, you can get chucked 
something bigger bigger scale as well which is which is great and I, you know I enjoy doing it because it's nice to have a change and have variety but um but you can you still get those nice little fiddly things to do. <laughs> Last two years you've been working from home since having your daughter so how have you found that compared to being in the studios? Uh, well, well I mean there's there's pros and cons to to both but um it's been lovely because obviously my number one priority is now my lovely little daughter um so I can juggle my time myself around her and I can take control of my own space and my own health and safety and yeah just just kind of just being your own boss is quite nice (laughs) but um uh but then at the same time like I mentioned to you earlier that I miss you know you miss the interaction with the people and your friends because it's so social and I think the the main difference is that you're not you're not don't always get as much notice (laughs) you know because if you're if you're on a film you kind of get a little bit of a hint that like this is coming up this is coming up but yeah you know you know it's good because a lot of the time you are you know we do work quite independently so in that sense you know you're just sitting at your desk doing your own thing and um getting to do something from from scratch to the end is quite nice I like yeah. doing that um else is, space isn't always quite as organized as I would like <laughs> <laughs> you know sometimes in film we have a lot more space and we'll have a good space at home but my, I think because I'm juggling around a child I don't you don't have a full structured day um yeah, you're kind of trying to grab little pockets of time in between you know somebody having a nap or you know in the evening when it's kind of the light's gone you don't have the daylight so sometimes that's been a bit annoying or you're trying to cast something when it's roasting hot and the garage is quite hot and your stuff mind you we have that we have that in studios anyway what am I saying yeah (laughs) well I was gonna say but it is different though when you're because you can't you've got to kind of get it done you can't really yeah it's very time dependent because obviously uh, if you're on a job in a, in a studio you have your yeah, and, hours to finish it whereas at home you yeah have you have get it done quicker in a way yeah and it's the, the one thing I, I miss is having the designer kind of just around the corner or something you know I mean I think sometimes you know you you kind of are going ahead with something not quite sure if you're going in the right direction and you can send you can send photos but it, it doesn't always translate quite as as much as the phys- looking at the physical thing in front of them so sometimes you, you you're a bit unsure if you're going going down the right path but um yeah I guess always needing that I think it's nice to have that feed like if you need the feedback to go kind of be like oh can I have a moment with you yeah and, the other, and having other people to bounce things off which I I'm lucky that I've got my other half and he's from our world and um understands making and design and has a good eye obviously I'd better say that (laughs) 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 so um I've got him to you know it's it's really useful to because I've got him to bounce stuff off and get his feedback on and as well yeah that that, which is what you have when you're at studios because obviously you're working in a team and you can say is this a rubbish way of doing it (laughs) (laughs) is this like okay is this what you think but yeah it's a nice thing about being around people who sort of float the ideas and singing as well oh, yeah. I know you yeah. make my singing <laughs> I still sing that's fine <laughs> anyway. just without me thanks <laughs> well the other thing actually with working at home which is that I th- I think that it's you know it can be totally underestimated how long you can spend on things when you're in the studio because you're working on a day rate so things aren't broken down as individually when you're prototyping whereas at home 
it feels like you're you're counting every hour and the time that you spend on something then I think some sometimes you know supervisors probably look at your invoice and think how the heck have you come to that but you think well that's how long it took on that job as well but you just haven't noticed because we put in the dairy and not broken down the time you spend on like that specific item of jewellery so yeah I think you become much more aware of how much individual items cost to make yeah and the time involved as well because I guess it's it is you're a bit acutely aware of it at home more than, than yeah. you may be in a studio yeah and you don't have you don't have someone else to say oh can you just do that for me while I concentrate on this bit yeah you've kind true. of got to do it all so you know you've just got to stay up <laughs> and get it done oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah what do you enjoy about the industry what do you enjoy most about your job like what keeps you going I I think the variety is you know that's brilliant I could not do a job where you just did the same thing repetitively every week I don't I don't know how people do it and you know it's brilliant because there's always something different there's always another film that's doing something completely different I mean you, you do do you do get you know films of a certain genre that then you'll come back onto and you go oh yeah we're doing medieval again oh you know that'll be nice but um but yeah it's always it tends to be different you don't we haven't tended to do one film and then another film really similar after have we it's always oh what we're doing this time great and yeah. Yeah, the variety is brilliant. And just getting to learn new skills all the time because you don't know what's going to be chucked at you um, is really good. Because I think that's, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm bad. I, I get a bit bored if I have to do the same thing all the time. <laughs> I like, I like a, a new challenge. Yeah, but I think that's quite similar for all creative people. Yeah. I think that everyone, they like, I think creative people with creative brains like to, I mean everyone likes to be challenged but you get I think bored too easily we do yeah we do it's true I, no I think it's very true I think and, and also I gone oh no I I like I think some people I do know other people that have been different from this but then I think they probably they've actually left the industry or tried to leave the industry um I like the uncertainty of it I like the, the oh this job's only two weeks okay great <laughs> you know, what's the next one going to be you know I I like that we can decide to take three months off if we want because you just want to go traveling or something and it's not like you've got to hand in your notice and oh my god how are you going to get break back into work it doesn't matter because you you know you could have been on another film in that time anyway so yeah, yeah that's I, true. I, like, I think it's it's great it's like it is another highlight actually other people have mentioned that too the short-term contract yeah. type thing I think it is it does work as well in our favor like it's exciting isn't it it's films <laughs> Yeah, it is films. You get to I think see we all like made. film, don't we? If, if we've done it, so you know, I just I remember when when I was when I was wee, um, going to the cinema and you see all these names come up and you just think, wow, who are these people that have this job? And you know, it's it is it's like a buzz when you see your name in that at the end. Yeah, and you, yeah or like that when you see something you've made, but um, it's exciting. Yeah, I think it's really satisfying. I don't think there's not very many jobs. I think you can say that though, where you make something in it, you can immediately see pretty immediate pretty quickly you can see uh-huh. its function or if you watch something yeah. you can see it. And I think that's a really satisfying yeah, and even not even just on the screen just when you get to go to fitting and you know you've been working with like a just a polystyrene head and then you see it actually you know on the finish with the finished costume and with the hair all done and you just think oh wow look at that <laughs> I hope towards that yeah it's a very, it very satisfying feeling I think it's um there's not yeah. a satisfying way there's just <laughs> problems with what you've done <laughs> like, practically trying to solve that problem but uh, oh, it doesn't fit oh, okay uh. but that's one of the challenges we like right like 
<laughs> when did you shoot two hours it. okay ah. <laughs> i'll fix it now i'll fix it now um no but it is a very satisfying job actually i have to say and it's, there's a, a number of things that obviously keep it going but that is probably a big one as well mm-hmm. um so we're coming to the end and this is my favorite bit because i get to hear your recommendations i know yours are going to be great Go on, Fiona. What are yours? Yeah, because I've moaned at you before to watch some of these. To watch them, yes. I, I, I could pretty much guess yours as well. You guessed my first one. <laughs> it was going to be the Guineas. Because, uh, you know, I mean, I'm a child that grew up in the 80s, so obviously the films in the 80s were all amazing. Um, and yeah, I just love like a good old fantasy adventure film. And he doesn't want to find pirates in a big cave and lots of treasures. Yeah, I want to. <laughs> and it's, just, it's just got everything. It's got, you know, the little, all the little gang of kids and, you know, yeah, it's a good film. Good film. <laughs> and I you hadn't it. seen it. I hadn't seen it, no. <laughs> I hadn't seen it. And then I think four, three or four years ago, you got me the DVD and then I watched it. And I was like, why haven't I seen this before? Why has this not been in my life? I, I have subsequently watched it a few times. I actually, think because it? you weren't a young child in the 80s, because, I mean, we're all quite obsessed, I think, with the geese. Yeah, because I hear references to yeah. it. I used to hear references. I never understood, but I didn't. Now I do, though, I get it. And I've been there. I've been to, like, where where it was filmed. Ah, that's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> was it like a childhood sort of, like, sort of like a big fantasy come alive? Was it like an amazing No, experience? because I didn't, you know, I didn't think about the geography of it when I was weird, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> cool place but um yeah now I've been there so that's quite good <laughs> um what was your second one uh it has to be labyrinth uh because uh I mean I think probably this is what got me into work wanting to work in film because Jim Henson's Creature Shop is just was just like my dream um sadly it closed in London just as I graduated so uh, I did get some work experience there for a few cool. days uh before it all shut but that was going down the, more the computer route and then now they just use their American base but um but yeah I mean Jim Henson is just was just a genius and Labyrinth just the goblins and Labyrinth just I mean, you know I was just quite obsessed with them thought they were great and David Bowie in Lycra, you know. <laughs> it's, it's a really, really good mix. Film. It's got good music. It's got fantasy creatures. And then, again, another little fantasy adventure. Yeah. If you've not seen it, you should see it. I have, I have seen that one. I think, again, at your sort of advice, I saw had to, I feel was like, you've not seen it. I was like, yeah, and I think, you know, sometimes, because I thought of some other films that I was quite obsessed with, and then... But then I think when I've watched them as I've got older, the story's just a bit lame and the effects are really bad and dated. Whereas I think Labyrinth still holds up and so does the Goonies, yeah. um, even though they were made in the 80s. <laughs> Very good films. But yeah, I mean, the, 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 the goblins are just, oh, they're just amazing. And I always remember I used to go to the library and there was a book on all the goblins of Labyrinth. And I would just spend hours trolling through this book, just like studying Brian Froud's little goblin pictures because they were just the best. <laughs> what is your third one? You can have more than three, by the way. Mm. I feel like I know you can add another one to your list. <laughs> I think I would probably say Moulin Rouge because, again, it's just it's got a bit of everything. It's got um, some nice, good music, 
Yep. It's got Ewan McGregor. It's got, um, <laughs> obviously, my little Scottish connection there. Uh, it's got, well, and the costumes and Julia are amazing. Um, and it's just quite quirky, isn't it? Baz Luhrmann. It's good. It's good. It's still good watch. Yeah, it's a good film. It's always yeah, it's good. good. I think it, you know, it's, I think, it, again, it's, it holds up in the test of time as well. So that's that's a good sign, isn't it? The story's good. Yeah, it's a nice sing-along movie. Nice yeah, movie I mean, because there's, there's other films I thought of, but then I just thought, yeah, but the story's a bit enough. I just like it because I like what's been made in it, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I think kind of, yeah, there's a lot of films I like are, oh, I like that because I'd like to have made things in it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the case with lots of things, though. Over time, they kind of become a bit, they don't have the same... They don't have the same like feeling you had when you watched them originally. Mm-hmm. Like I get that a lot with some films. With yeah. cartoons, actually. I had that a lot with cartoons I used to watch as a kid. <laughs> but anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> um. Oh, actually, yeah, I mean, I should probably have picked an animation as well, based on my... So if you haven't seen um, Nightmare Before Christmas, you should see that as well, because that was like one of the early stop-motion features that is just amazing, with beautiful puppets and... Yeah, good story. Good songs again. There's quite a few songs. Yeah, running on in my <laughs> <laughs> All about the music. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you, Fiona, for your recommendations. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Fiona. Next episode, I'll be speaking to costume cutter Tim Perkins. Bye.